as we continue. Father God, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the word that we have heard, and I just pray that you would help us to open it up and to see what you have to say to us this morning, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the few benefits of actually having been to prison is that you can relate extremely well to passages of scripture that talk about losing things like freedom, status, and property. After my arrest, I became a ward of the state. My life was held in captivity. And once I was sentenced, I knew exactly how much time I had to serve. And I became a day counter. Everyone who serves time becomes a day counter. You wake up in the morning and you know exactly how many days you have left until you are restored to freedom. And I'll never forget that day that I was restored. I'll never forget the sense of relief mixed with pain as I drove away from Lionel Lake's uh, prison in Minnesota with my mom. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I remember the meal that I ate at the local Perkins with my mom. And it was definitely a day of Jubilee for me. And as I read about the original year of Jubilee that was established for the Jews here in Leviticus, I tried to put myself in the place of those ones who received that benefit from those laws. It seemed to me that the ones who looked most forward to that celebration were the ones who had lost their inheritance somewhere along the way. And they were going to receive it back because God had instituted this year of Jubilee. And just like I was counting days in prison, I'm sure that those who were looking forward to that restoration of their land and relationships were counting the days as well. Now, I'm sure the reason that they lost that inheritance and good standing in the community varied greatly. Maybe they were foolish with their money and got themselves into debt unwisely. Or maybe they had fallen into unfortunate circumstances, maybe a sickness or something that forced them into decisions that were beyond their control. Or possibly they were just sinful, like I was, and their fleshly desires had received, as part of their consequences, the stripping away of the things that were held dear to them, like myself, freedom and relationships. You and I can relate to this, can't we? Because the greatest inheritance that was ever lost in the history of mankind was that plot of land called the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, an angel with a flaming torch now stood in the place so that they could not go back and enter that again. And so we have all become day counters since that moment. We are counting the day that the earth is restored to us. All those who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus, the great pardoner of our sentence, looks forward to that ultimate jubilee when two th significant things will be restored to us. And we're going to be looking at these from that passage today. The first thing that is restored to us is the return of property. Over the course of my life, which will be 54 years uh, in a couple of weeks here, I have resided in 45 different locations. These have included apartments, duplexes, an unfinished basement, army barracks, a prison cell, my grandparents' house, an RV, and four homes that I have personally owned. 
And when we were looking at homes as we began to think about moving up here and, and looking at the properties that were up here, we became discouraged because at that time, the real estate market was really tight. There were uh, hardly any houses that were listed for sale at that time. And so Larry was working with us, and he would you know, send us some properties, but he'd say the same thing over and over again. That's pretty sparse. <laughs> There's not much listed up here. I'm sorry. And so the Lord blessed us, and we found our place in Monroe. And frankly, it's the nicest home I've ever lived in. We feel really blessed to uh, uh, be there and that the Lord has blessed us with that. We thank the Lord in prayer uh, most mornings for the house that he's given us and this place that we are in. But this house still has issues. It still is going to break down. Things are going to be needing to be fixed. And even if we live there until the day that we die, that house is not going to remain our property. It's going to be passed on to somebody else. It's still just a temporary dwelling place. Even though the Israelites had the promise of jubilee as they returned to their land, they were also looking for a lasting inheritance. Listen to what Solomon says in Ezekiel 2, verse 20 through 21. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is a vanity and a great evil. If there's anybody in the Bible who could talk about possessions, it was Solomon. He was the richest king in that area at that time. It's estimated that he was receiving $700 million worth of gold every year, and that's just the gold. I'm not talking about the silver or the cypress trees or the animals that he received as tribute. And yet, he was given over to despair because he realized the passing nature of earthly riches. But at the ultimate jubilee, the Lord restores to those who love him the inheritance of the new heavens and the new earth. The Bible encourages us to focus on that inheritance, not this earthly inheritance, because that inheritance is incorruptible. It will not pass away. It will remain forever. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 gets us excited about this when it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. This was one of the main messages that Martin Luther was focused on. He was focused on the fact that God was our great redeemer, that he was for us, that he kept this inheritance for us based on the blood of Christ, not based on our own works. And so you have this to look forward to, this amazing inheritance. The Bible also talks about our bodies being part of that imperishable inheritance. And so we are counting days until that happens. Jesus told his disciples that in the Father's house there were many rooms or many dwelling places. Some have translated that as many mansions. Basically, it's a place that's permanent, a place that will belong to you, that you will dwell in. 
When I was growing up, we had eight kids in my family, and so I didn't have a room to myself. And here we're going to have this whole dwelling place to ourselves, these dwelling places that are in the Father's house. And that's the most amazing part, because a piece of property is no big deal. If you have a mansion and it's sitting out in the middle of the desert and nobody is around to help you enjoy it and you're just there enjoying the property, that wears off pretty fast. But being together in the Father's house, having that time together. Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up, some of my favorite times of year because we gather together in our homes again and we celebrate and we decorate and we eat And that's what it's going to be like in heaven for us as we gather together as his people. Receiving that jubilee, receiving the restoration of our inheritance. And I can't wait to be part of that household. I'm really looking forward to that. That big family reunion, worshiping together, fellowshipping together, working together, playing together, singing together. Are you counting the days? The next thing we see here is a return to clan. This is another thing that's mentioned as a benefit uh, from the Jubilee in Leviticus. The return of the outcast who lost his inheritance and his clan. Not only did he lose land, but he lost his people. He was cast out, not part of them any longer. John Wesley comments on this passage by noting that many who lost their inheritance to debt had to sell themselves to another family as a slave in order to make payments on loans. This describes my life perfectly. A slave to a different family. And that different family was the family of Satan. The Bible says that all who are not in Christ are children of the devil. And so I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to flesh. I was a slave to the devil. And so, as we think about that restoration of clan, we see that God does not want to keep us in that family. He wants to restore us to our original family. His declaration of grace made it possible. It paid the way for you to be restored to your clan. And the first member of the family that I returned to was my Heavenly Father, whom I had been running from for all those years. And I can't describe that glory that came down in that cell as I knelt down and realized that I was forgiven, that my Heavenly Father forgave me for all my sins, which were great. And for each one of you, you have sins that are great, and you can be forgiven and restored to clan. Also, I have millions, billions perhaps, of new brothers and sisters in heaven, some whom I've never met. We are all related somehow. Back, If you go back far enough, we all are connected. You might have to go all the way back to Noah, but we're there, right? Connected. And so we are all family together. And we will see that family realized in heaven, walking up to people who will be just as excited to see you as you are excited to see them. We were talking about who do you want to meet in heaven, you know, for the first time, and, you know, biblical people or whatever, famous people, family members. In our uh, staff meeting, we talked about this. And they're going to be excited to see you as well. They're going to be excited to get to know you. And I'm counting the days until that's fully realized. All my new uh, brothers and sisters. 
being restored to that. And the nice thing about that is it's going to be without any hint of sin, false motives. Maybe you'll think to yourself, you know, there's a couple people that I don't really want to see in heaven, you know? People that I don't like on the earth. People whose relationships have been broken uh, with me. But don't worry because it's all going to be changed. In fact, the first thing the two of you will probably do is walk up to each other and ask for forgiveness, right? I'm so sorry, I, you know, my sin got in the way. My false motives got in the way. Everything that got in the way is removed now because the curse is gone. Notice here that we will have rest from our labors in this passage. We see that the Israelites were told that they were to neither sow nor reap, but they were to eat from the produce of the land during this time. Actually, the land was getting a year of jubilee as well. It was getting a rest. And this shows us that our world is looking for a rest. Our world is under the curse. It's waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed so that that curse will be lifted from this world. The burden of sin and destruction is evident all around us. You don't have to go far to see it. But when we inherit the new earth, our ultimate jubilee will be realized. It will not be stained with sin. It won't be stained with the curse. It won't be resistant to farming. Right now we have to toil by the sweat of our brow to try to get the land to produce something. Whereas in that place, it will yield graciously. It will be giving without resistance at all. And we will also be resting from the toil of our labors here. The toil of life. How many have ever just said, I'm kind of tired, Lord, of life. Just take me now. I'm done, right? And sometimes we feel that way. We feel like we're, we're, we're overburdened. We're tired. We're tired of all the problems of this life and the, the toil of it. And so we're looking forward to that amazing rest as we count the days to, till it comes. Some of the things about the new earth that I just want to, um, to remind us of is uh, in Revelation chapter 21, which I read probably 10 times a year just because it's my favorite uh, passage. It talks about the new heavens and the, uh, the new earth, some of those things that we're going to be receiving. And I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, maybe you haven't ever read Revelation in your life. But I encourage you, just turn to chapter 21 in your devotions this next week and read through it a couple times. There we see that the dwelling place of God is with men. Amazing benefit of being in that jubilee. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We will be his children. He will be our God. The nations will walk there. It's amazing. A beautiful city called the New Jerusalem where we're going to be dwelling. And I'd submit to you that this is the message that we're to proclaim to the people around us. As we welcome people in, not piling on more guilt and shame, you know, hey, brother and sister, you know, future brother and sister if they're not saved. This is our inheritance. This is our gospel message. This is the de declaration of freedom. And one of the reasons that Martin Luther was so resistant to the Catholic Church is they heaped on more and more and more stuff that you had to do in order to be accepted by God. And he was being crushed under the weight of that. He was in despair of even his life. 
He was so depressed. And he couldn't see any favor of God as he looked to heaven. And so that's the message that set him free. It's by grace that I'm saved. Righteousness comes by God's grace, not my doing. And so this is the gospel message. We declare freedom to the captives, pardon to the prisoner, cancellation of debt to the slave, Every disciple is a day counter. And so let's go into the world and make day counters of our brothers and sisters who are out there. And Father God, we lift up all these things and we pray for your blessing upon our message as we reach out to those around us, those who are still lost, those who have not realized that they can be a part of the family. Father God, I pray that you would help us to to proclaim that message, to Get them excited about the possibility of being redeemed, O God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.